What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the Only Sports Podcast, episode 31. And I am Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, 31. Casino, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, tired. Pretty tired. I've been working out, trying to lose some weight. I mean, you uh, look a little fantastic. Ornery. Oh, yeah. A little ornery, though. Um, uh, I've talked to you about this plenty. I mean, we, we work late, and so, as the viewers know already, but, man, I want to eat so bad on the way home. So bad, and I haven't done it for two weeks. I mean, I've lost 10 pounds. But Damn. Gosh. Well, I mean, that with not drinking and actually working out every day. Yeah. yeah. So you lost I mean, 10 feel, pounds I, in yeah. in a week? A little over a week, yeah. Damn. Good job, but, uh, again, Casino. That that's I stopped sitting on the couch every twenty four seven. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's what'll do it. That's what'll so, do it. Little 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 cranky today because I I didn't get <laughs> in and out on the way home like I normally do on my Monday night. <laughs> uh, but we are here. Uh, our we updated Zoom, uh, which is what we use to record the podcast on. So it has been glitching out for both of us. I updated it last episode, and we got lucky where it was only glitching out before the episode, not during. And then that's, so far, it's already I did a little out. bit during the episode. But yeah, I mean, it's bad. So if if we're basically we're just getting as if we're turning on and off our uh, cameras, that's that's why is because we froze and. Uh, it's getting very inappropriate on the freezing. So <laughs> uh, going on off of that. Yeah. Mine keeps just being like, it'll like fuck up the color of just my face, which is weird. And then it'll freeze my video and casinos looks like his turns into like an eighties, uh, like music video, pop music video, like an <laughs> aha music video. So <laughs> I mean, if you want to see the the video of this, obviously go on our YouTube channel, The Only Sports Podcast. But we have a lot to talk about today, Casino. And a little time. And a little bit of time. But let's first start with, you won the regular season picks, right? You demolished me. There, uh, there, there Casino goes with his 80s style. But... <laughs> But you demolished me with picks during the regular season. However, the playoffs we said would be a whole new ball game. Do you want to guess who won the wild card weekend no, picks? Casino? I already know you did. I was doing the counting. Kick my ass. Yeah, buddy. So you're you, your I think boy. you beat me by two games, which is uh, a lot in wild card. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So I went five and one this week. The only game I picked incorrectly was the Bucks Cowboys. We both thought the Bucks would win, and you, on the other hand, you are, you went three and three. You picked 49ers, Bills, Bengals, but then you had Vikings, Chargers, Bucks. So the one I stole from you there was Chargers, Jags. Which let's just jump into that game first. That because... was that was great. We said that was going to be one of the best games. Yeah, of the playoffs so far. And boy, was it. Oh, man. Uh, Well, actually, before we dive into the games, what do you think was the best game of the weekend? Just in terms of a game you enjoyed watching. I enjoyed that one. That that was my favorite game to watch. I think so as well. I also weirdly, my second choice would be Bill's Dolphins. 
that was shockingly good for like she got chippy (laughs) uh i think my my most surprising was probably seahawks 49ers in that first half where the seahawks like go into halftime leading and it was just like what is happening here and then it at the second half was turned into what the game we thought all of them would be and then yeah probably most favorite game oh probably last night so uh cowboys bucks just you want to know my least favorite game was the bills dolphins because i tried to watch it at your kid's birthday and whoever that guy was i think that was the man of the house that was that yeah yeah he kept pausing it and rewinding it and it got really annoying because i was like i just want (laughs) to watch the fucking game just just leave it on the goddamn game but see, but, he did that during halftime to uh, oh, fast no, forward he, he did commercials before and after halftime too. Yeah, after no, halftime when it was in the third, he kept still doing it. And oh, I want to rewatch that play. And it was like, okay, well, you have a house. I mean, it's your house, <laughs> your house, your TV. But when you have about like twenty other dads there trying to not kill themselves from thirty <laughs> kids running around screaming, yeah, me included, you were pretty calm. But I was me. I was calm the whole time. I thought it was a very so we had my son's well, second birthday party. You're used to those crazy parties. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, we had a bounce house, a bunch of kids running around. Shockingly, thirty kids together all got along great, which is a miracle in itself. All the dads were watching, and some of the moms were watching the football games. Uh, the rest of the patrons at the party were just like eating some bomb ass tamales and we had like a hot dog bar for the kids good time good time and but, the kids just ran wild nobody watched them yeah and then we uh also bounce houses as an adult are fun but fuck do they tire you out like i was fucking exhausted after jumping well, in it for too, like too busy dunking on your oldest son <laughs> yeah and wrestling uh him and his cousins and you can only lift up so many 10-year-olds and slam them before you're just like, all right, this is more than I've worked out in <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> like, my arms were sore. My legs were sore. I was dead. But let's talk about who's also dead, Casino, which is the Los Angeles uh, Chargers after Saturday night's game, which saw the now-eliminated Los Angeles Chargers lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville 31-30 to after going up 27-20, to uh, and then halftime happened, and I was at work when this game was happening. It was Saturday night. I turned to my coworker when it was 27-20 to going into halftime, and I said, the most Chargers thing the Chargers could do right now would be to blow this lead and lose this game. And then he was like, do you think I should do a an in-game parlay bet for them to lose this game? And I was like, I mean, probably, but it's your money, and I don't tell people how to spend their money. I've given up on gambling. This season has destroyed me. <laughs> so he was like, okay. And then we got busy, totally uh, forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, the Jaguars, uh, what, they scored like two touchdowns, like, almost immediately in the third quarter. And then it was just like, okay. And then he was like, fuck, I wish I would have done that. And I was like, I had no confidence in that. I was just saying that because, you know, you always say shit when it's just like, I have no money or interest in this game. And then you call it immediately 
and correctly of how it's going to happen. And then afterwards, you're just like, of course, like, of course. So the Chargers do an all time, all time, dumb, dumb uh, Falcons level esque collapse i guess now we say the colts pretty much a matt ryan collapse of epic (laughs) proportions that's a better better put uh 20 yeah they so they were leading this game 27 to uh 27 to 7 they finished the game with three more points after halftime they scored one more field goal uh what are your takeaways from this game to see though i mean we've talked about it all year jaguars they they have a fight in them. They always have had a fight in them. I really enjoyed watching them. Uh, we did say, like, I, even though I picked Chargers to win this, I said, I I recall saying, I, maybe I didn't, Jacksonville, if they won, I wouldn't be completely shocked. Well, yeah, this line was, what, one and a half, even yeah, up to it was, game time? Yeah, it was time, really, like... really close. Um, it, it was really close. I think one of the biggest issues of the game, though, uh, the Chargers not being able to get that run game going. Austin Eckler, he was 35 yards for 13 attempts. That That's just awful. you you got to have a better run de- uh, run game than that, especially when you get in the playoffs. You have to be an all-around team or you're not going to win. Um, yeah. But, you know, give credit to where credit's due, that defense. Oh, yay. Uh, that defense <laughs> of the Chargers, phenomenal. Four picks. Like, that's in the four picks in the first, in the first half. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. Um they did get to the quarterback, not too much, um, but they did put pressure on him. Yeah, it was kudos to the Jaguars. Well, I mean, also, well what is it? Didn't Trevor Lawrence, like, going into halftime, I read a stat where he had completed more passes to Asante uh, Samuel Jr., which is the the cornerback of the Chargers. He'd completed more passes to him, which was three INTs, than he had to any Jaguars wide receiver. And they mm. won that game. Like that was going into, that was half of the game those stats were attributed. So I believe Lawrence, he had like less than 100 yards passing, uh, uh, going zero touchdowns, four INTs. And then the second half almost completely flipped, four touchdowns, no turnovers, 288 yards. And then, uh, uh, the Travis, I again, we butcher names on this podcast. That's what we're known for. Etanini Jr. Travis Jr. Just call him Jr. I'll just Junior. call him Travis Jr. T- TJ, T Jr. And Evan Ingram uh, had a touchdown. Let's see. This is, this is crazy. Seven receptions, 93 for Ingram and a touchdown. Eight for 78 and a touchdown for Kirk. Say Jones, eight receptions, 74 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones, three tu- three receptions, 29 yards and a touchdown. So that was seven, eight, eight, and three. The only one who is not a wide receiver on that list is Evan Ingram. So after halftime, it was Kirk caught eight, Zay Jones caught eight, and then Marvin Jones caught three. That's fuck that's a crazy stat. Like that's that's insane that the Chargers as but Let's flip over to the Chargers Casino. Do you think Staley is fired in the offseason? They already, as of today, fired their offensive coordinator, which probably for the best. I, I don't know. Um, that that would be a tough one. 
I hate when coaches get fired when the team is riddled with injuries. And I, I think the Chargers did pretty damn good for the, this season for the amount of injuries they had. As they slowly started getting people back, they kept progressing and getting more wins. But the, being in the NFL, I, I'm sure he's on the hot seat. I'm sure there's talks. Would I be absolutely surprised if he gets canned? No. Um, but I think it's unfair if he did right now because I think he had a decent season as I, I think he had a decent season. Yeah, but I, I think, I, I, again, what comes with coaching is like, I don't know why fucking coaches do this. Uh, coaching is hard. Obviously, it looks to be just a fucking nightmare, especially to be like a football coach where it's literally like all you're doing is watching film. You're probably working upwards of 14 hours a day. You know, you just everything kind of falls on your shoulders, like regardless of the players you do, right? Because it's scheme and it's setups and it's, watching film and exploiting teams weaknesses blah 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 but with most coaches in the nfl it always comes down to like the that separates the good ones and the bad ones is how you use your timeouts how you use your challenges and then how you do clock management like there are so many fucking coaches in the nfl where it's just like you guys know you have a 10 point lead right and then you do six passes in a row and it's just like you know when you run the clock uh the clock keeps running and then you can just continually like milk the clock the chargers uh when re-watching that game the thing i noticed was in the second half they're they have a three touchdown lead at that point and they're even when they ran the ball it was like they were snapping the ball with like 24 seconds left on the play clock and it's just like why are you just not eating up this time of possession that doesn't mean uh you know run a conservative offense where you're just trying to take time off the clock but you can do two things at once which is move the ball get first downs either short you know short field passing out of the backfield or just runs with your all pro running back and then just keep every play you take 25 seconds off the clock every fucking every play what is half a minute there's 15 minutes per quarter like how the chargers didn't come out of that third quarter and just take immediately seven minutes off the clock and just make it so okay you want to win this game chargers you have 15 minutes to score four touchdowns and a field goal like not gonna fucking happen jaguars you got it your jaguars yeah but it just kept like when i was watching that game especially i didn't notice it too much the first time but on the replay, because, you know, on NFL Plus or whatever, they have the condensed games. It was like, I watched the condensed game again, and it was just like every fucking time the Chargers would snap the ball with a three-touchdown lead, they would leave 20 seconds on the clock every single time. And it was like, dude, that shit fucking adds up. Because if the Jaguars, again, had 10 less minutes, you think they would score 31 or 27 unanswered points like no fucking no. way man no it's just the time management is one of those things like time management and running the ball like that is really the two things i think separates just shit coaching from like good coaching like god man it just is a, like if you're a chargers fan 
how the fuck are you uh, not like losing your fucking mind? You were up 27 to 7, and all you had to do was burn clock. And instead, you, yeah, instead, we saw what happened. Anything else to add on this game, Casino? No, you pretty much nailed it. You ended with, end with the BJ rant. I always enjoy those. You know. Ugh, it's just uh, god awful. And uh, Will, uh, last week, I kind of uh, stupidly just talked about the games like that were coming the next week and reviewing the games. And they kind of, when we've always, I don't know why I deviated last week, but we've always done where we review the games and they talk about the games next week. But before, so on Thursday's episode or Thursday or Friday's episode, we'll deep dive into Jaguars Chiefs, but just percentage-wise casino, what percentage chance are you giving the Jaguars to go into Arrowhead and beat this Chiefs team? 17.4. <laughs> That's crazy you said that because I was going to say 30%. So. I mean, I feel like you can't give them less than, what, 15% chance? And yeah, I, I feel like... Say, uh, you can't give them less than 17.4, so I'm going to the right <laughs> bottom there. But, I mean, would would anybody have been saying that two weeks ago? Like, it's crazy how much the NFL changes in, what, a two-week stance? Like, two weeks ago, if you would have been like, the Jaguars are going to go into Arrowhead and meet the Chiefs in the playoffs... What percentage chance? I think we both would have said damn near zero, like one percent chance. Now it's kind of like it's creeping up a little. And then by the time the end of this week comes, there's going to be a lot of people who are just outright picking the Jaguars to beat the Chiefs. Like, I mean, it's already started happening with Jaguars and Cowboys and 49ers, which brings us to our first or our next game casino. First one on Saturday was the Seattle Seahawks falling 23 to 41 to the San Francisco 49ers in 49ers uh home turf again we talked I talked about this already Seahawks score 17 points in the second they get a long field goal on one of those dumbass penalties that if you're a fan of a team that does this you must be losing your fucking mind when the defensive guy just like basically jumps on the quarterback when he's already on the ground. And it's just like, how, like, how do those penalties still happen when, especially when there's less than 10 seconds left on the clock, but Seahawks kick a field goal right before half uh, to go up 17 to 16. And then halftime happens. Third quarter was still pretty damn close. Like 49ers scored one touchdown. I'll I'll be honest. It was, this game was Seahawks did not play bad. The Niners no. they just played better. Um, looking down at their, they both had uh, the same amount of third down efficiency, um, pretty much. Plus, Seahawks were successful on their only fourth down attempt. Uh, it, it comes down to the turnovers. You know, you got to protect the football. There was an interception thrown and a fumble lost. Um, that's pretty much the game right there. Also. Uh, Oops, sorry. Uh, how, I mean, because if you look at the actual numbers, Geno Smith did not play a bad game. He actually played pretty good, 25 for 35. He didn't look bad in the yards, game either. Two touchdowns, he had the one interception. Um, rushing was decent. Um, collectively, look, yeah, collectively they were over 100 yards. 
not the greatest, but DK Metcalf, what a game for him. That was the best game I've seen DK play in like three years. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. 10 receptions, 136 yards with two TDs. Uh, some of those throws that uh, Gino was getting to him, though, very impressive. Those those better catches, better throws, you know, it's that argument there. Uh, yeah. But they were well, both, I mean, both had to be perfect. There was uh, that first touchdown where they just did, the 49ers did man-to-man coverage with no help over top, and DK Metcalf just runs right past the, the 49ers defender and catches like that 50-yard bomb. That was... Oh, yeah beautiful route beautiful pass and like one of the dumbest offensive schemes the the seahawks have literally two weapons right geno smith and dk metcalf why would you give them exactly the thing they would want in any passing situation like that i don't know but keep going casino sorry to interrupt no no um and then now you flip on the other side brock purdy had a good game his his he had, a, he had a good game his uh he protected the football again that's the number one thing you have to do as a quarterback protect the football uh but he was only 18 for 30 but he was throwing bombs he was throwing deep passes three touchdowns Debo on the flip side you had Metcalf had a great game Debo Samuel had an amazing game as well um he had six receptions on 133 yards as I'm saying they were averaging the the average for for um, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon uh, Ayuk, and uh, I can uh, what's his name, uh, John U John John U John U Smith. No Jennings. I can never say J A U A N. If you're asking me for name help, you're already screwed. You're yeah, already we're, screwed. We're the worst at this. But uh, <laughs> anyway, and then even Kittle, like they were averaging. Um, and, and Jennings and Kittle both only had two receptions the entire game, but Kittle was, he averaged 18.5. Jennings was 20.5 yards um, average. Uh, Ayuk was 24.3 off of three receptions, and Debo Samuel was averaging 22.2 yards. Holy hell, throwing it down the field. Those are insane numbers. When you have, when you have three of your receivers averaging over 20 yards, and then the other two averaging still above 10. That's insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey absolutely running it down their throat with 119 yards. The Niners look pretty damn unstoppable. And give it to Brock, give it up to Brock Birdie. He's now won six straight as a starter. Six straight as now this a, it's Casino. I'm gonna pull a classic uh uh hot take this is one of those games that i watched what i said pull it out of the oven let's go (laughs) okay let me put my oven bits on here's my hot take it is uh i think the 49ers actually came out of this game looking the most vulnerable they have in a while and i'll tell you why because casino i'm gonna read you these stats and what do Three of the four teams I mentioned have in common right now. So team defense, worst defenses of the entire NFL season uh, in terms of yards allowed. Minnesota Vikings at 31st. uh, New York Giants at 25th. Jacksonville Jaguars at 24th. 
and Seattle or San Francisco, or I'm sorry, that's what it was. The Seattle Seahawks at 26. So we have three or four of these teams all lost this, or three of these four teams all lost this week in uh, basically like giving, not being able to stop anybody, right? The Chargers, they couldn't stop Jacksonville that entire second half. And in the first half, the only way they stopped them was with turnovers. The Minnesota Vikings, the second worst defense in the league, Daniel Jones, we'll talk about that game, lit them up, right? Every uh, open wide, re- every play the Giants ran, their wide receivers were wide open. Then you have the Giants, who Minnesota was still moving the ball, and they had an opportunity at the end to win. Seattle stopped uh, the 49ers for that first half and then got lit up in the second half. Now, this, this hot take's getting a little cold. Let's get to here's the where my here. hot take is. Guess who is number one in terms of least yards allowed? San Francisco 49ers, I'll just tell you, only allowing 300 yards per game. But we for everybody forgets they were the best rushing defense in the entire league, uh, basically tied with Tennessee in terms of rushing attack. Guess what they weren't the best at? They were not the best at passing yards allowed per game. San Francisco is 20th at 223rd uh, passing yards allowed per game. So their defensive stats get blown way out of proportion because the team defense is measured by passing yards allowed and, uh, and rushing yards allowed. They were by far one of the two best teams in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed. They were bottom of the league in passing yards allowed. Who are the three NFC teams left? The Giants, who, I mean, we just saw put on a passing clinic against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are a top five passing offense in the league. And the Dallas Cowboys, who are a top five passing offense in the league. So the last three teams in the NFC, we just saw the Giants put up crazy passing stats on a just terrible, terrible Vikings defense. Everybody keeps being like, the Giants lit up a pretty good Minnesota team. And it's like their defense was shit all year, right? They were bottom third of the league in almost every stat. Uh, But Eagles and Cowboys... I think they're going to be able to not only move the ball on this San Francisco 49ers team, I actually think the Cowboys have a pretty good shot at beating them because I think Cowboys, when you look at the stats, right, on paper, uh, when you look at the stats, all matchup variables or whatever are Eagles and Cowboys have the edge over the 49ers, right? Because they both do the things the 49ers haven't really seen a lot of this season, which is elite passing offenses. Seattle, great story all year. Nobody would have said their offense was elite. That's why everybody wanted to see Lions 49ers, right? Because by all metrics, the Lions had an elite passing offense this year. So guess who has the top, uh, in terms of, passing offense guess who has top 10 casino in terms of passing offense number one number 
So pass yards per game. Kansas City uh, is number one. Let's see. Bengals are number five. Buffalo is number seven. Philadelphia is number nine. So all those four teams are still red hot in the playoffs and in the playoff chase. So everybody just keeps penciling in the 49ers to the Super Bowl or to win it or the NFC Championship. The 49ers have not once this season played an elite like offense. I keep saying that when you look at the 49ers uh, schedule this year, they're 14 and four, but who the fuck have they played? They haven't played anybody. Their last month of the season, they played the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Commanders, the Seahawks was the closest game where they lost or they won by eight, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Rams. So the two games that were close, Chargers, Seahawks, every other team they played in that span was starting a backup, a third string, a backup, a uh, wash Tom Brady, which we'll get into that game. Uh, The Dolphins were playing a backup. The Saints were playing a backup. The Cardinals were playing a backup. The Rams were playing a backup. Like, and they're still 20th in pass offense. This is what I'm saying. This is my hot take. They played nothing but backups for three months, and they're still 20th in pass yards allowed. Why? This is the Dallas thing. Why is everyone freaking the fuck out about the San Francisco defense? They played nothing but second and third string quarterbacks and are still 20th in pass yards allowed. That's my hot though, take okay, to see that. Fair enough. Fair enough. But how many times on this show have you said you are you were scared for uh, the Eagles to play the defense of the San Francisco? So you're kind of yeah. being a little hypocritical here. Because you, now you're saying that they're not worth shit, but you've been scared of them oh, all. Oh, no. No, no. They're oh, still... Well, well, well. They're still the scariest. They're still the scariest team in the playoffs to me, an Eagles fan, because they have one of the best rush defenses. And if you make any team in this league one dimensional, then you're like scared, right? And the Eagles greatly rely on RPOs and quarterback runs and all that kind of stuff. So if And again, with like the quarterback sneak is like the Eagles secret, you know, offensive weapon. So all those things kind of get taken out of the game. And then it becomes Jalen Hurts as a passer. But the thing, the the 49ers and Eagles defenses are very similar, which is you can pass on both of them, but they have great D lines. So if you're getting pressure on the quarterback, then it relaxes the entire back end of that defense. So that's why I'm scared of the 49ers is because their defense is built the same way Philadelphia is, which is if they're getting pressure and then they're stopping the run, they make you one-dimensional. But if you can kind of control the tempo and run on the 49ers, like I think, or the Eagles, you can run on the 49ers or the Eagles, that opens up your entire offense and Brock Purdy, he's 6-0, and but the Raiders game and this game, there's just some times where it just looks like he just looks really shaky. Like that whole first half of Seattle Seahawks, uh, their, that game or whatever, he did not look, 
he looked like he was like nervous and he looked like he was really well, like yeah, fidgety and on quarterback. edge. He's a Thurston quarterback playing in his first postseason start. Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. Hot. Right. Yeah. And so first half, first half, he was very shaky. Fine. Sure. You know, he didn't play awful. He still protected the football. And then second half, you know, the Niners go and, and, and do what we all expect them to do. I think he got the jitters out. I think he is now comfortable after watching him progress. I agree with you. He was a little shaky to start, but then he settled in. He still protected the football. He didn't make a mistake. I And, and he's still not scared, as we look at the stats, he's not scared to throw it downfield at all. Yeah. A lot of rookie quarterbacks, it's rookie quarterbacks, regardless if it's postseason, are scared to throw it downfield because they don't want to cause the interception. They don't want to not, not protect the football. He's he's dropping dimes out there as a as a third stringer, as the last pick of the draft. He's out there not scared to throw it against the opposing side's uh, secondary, regardless if they're good or not, whatever. I understand Seattle's defense uh, secondary as you were, you were talking about, you know, the numbers aren't so great, but he's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to get out there and throw. He, I, I thought he played a really good game. And you say that the Niners look shaky. I'm going to take that as your starting QB was a little, you know, a little rough and, and Seahawks were not a bad team. They just, they can't sustain playing that, that top level as well as the 49ers have. And the 49ers are able to. So yeah, I see what I see your point, but I'm still sticking with my point. Um would you say would you say the Seahawks were the worst team that got into the playoffs? Yes, I would say so. I Hands would down. too. And for half a game, they they played one point better than the 49ers. And then I'll give you this. What is it? They didn't only play uh, two quarters. They played three quarters where they were within one score of these 49ers team, which many people are saying, myself included, Seattle, worst team to get in the playoffs. 49ers, one of the best. Now, again, okay, when it gets to that's the fair. playoffs, that's, all that's, bets are off. Exactly. Once, once you get to play, they made the playoffs. Seahawks obviously made the playoffs. They're not a shitty team. So, yeah. I mean, Again, I don't. I, I might just be trying to convince myself the 49ers aren't scary, but when I was watching that Seahawks game, I don't know. I felt more confident in my Eagles. And then after last night's game, I really do think the Cowboys have, if, if we're doing percentage points, I think they got like a 50-50 shot at beating the, the San Francisco 49ers because I always, I talked about, uh, last week or two weeks ago where there are certain teams that are just like built in ways to beat other teams. The, I, uh, I'm obviously scared for my Eagles uh, just when they play any game. I don't care who their opponents are. I'm scared for them. So I'm scared for them to play the Giants, but it's also the Eagles are like the perfectly built team to beat the Giants, which is the Giants are perfectly built to beat the Vikings. We saw that in two games this year, right? Like Daniel Jones had his two best passing games of the year against the Vikings. And I don't think that's coincidental. 
I think it's just how the teams match up. But the Cowboys really do feel like they have the perfect offense and perfect defense to play this San Francisco 49ers team. They can get pressure on the quarterback. What The second least sacked quarterback this year is uh, San Francisco quarterbacks. So if yeah. you can get pressure on Brock Purdy, like, uh, we don't know. We haven't seen it because they haven't played good teams for two months. They have not played any team with a good defense except for the 49ers or the uh, Buccaneers game, which we'll get into how what a sham the Buccaneers were. But the next two games, uh, I I'm, I mean, I don't think the Giants beat the Eagles, but obviously this conversation changes if they do. The next two games the 49ers would have to play if they beat Dallas is going to be Dallas, who is – uh, what is it? Who is third in the league in sacks and Philadelphia, who is one. So they're going to be playing a top. And then if they get to the Super Bowl, they'd probably be playing Kansas City, who is number two. So if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl, they would have had to play three teams that are the best in the league at getting sacks and putting pressure on your quarterback. Like that would be impressive. But again, it's one of those things. I don't know how many weeks you can play the best pass rusher in the league and still come out on top that's all i'm saying i just am i'm just saying after uh this game i am more confident in the eagles and weirdly in the cowboys to beat this 49ers team i don't just every power ranking i see it's kansas city one it's 49ers two and i think that people are just looking at the highlights or the games and not like digging into it because when you dig into it this 49ers team is built to lose to the teams left in the playoffs Ugh. well we spent too much time on that you win I won't <laughs> that's fine whatever the story I mean, of our we'll, lives we'll story, of, story of our friendship right there that's the story of our friendship you say one thing i say my opinion on it and then you come back out rebuttal for about a half hour and then i just say yeah. you win. <laughs> our friendship makes for great debate makes for great debate <laughs> but um let's if, go I on if that's where my my lack of self-confidence comes from is arguing <laughs> with you no no you're great casino i love you i love you uh but uh <laughs> let's go on to a game that i think we actually will agree on which is the uh, Miami Dolphins falling in Buffalo to the Buffalo Bills, 34 to 31. Did you come out of this game less confident in a Bills team if their next matchup is the Bengals and then probably their next matchup after that is the Chiefs? Because I did. What? How uh, do you feel about the Bills coming out of this game? I, I feel a little worried for him. Um, and it's it's obviously you can see that um josh allen can move the football uh 100 he i mean he went 23 for 39 but he still went 352 yards with three touchdowns he can move the football um the biggest issue is he's been turning over the ball way too much towards the end of the season and in the postseason that's not going to win you games you have to be able to protect the football you have to we've already talked about uh the first game we talked about uh they, they, oh my gosh, what am I blanking on here? Uh, Jaguars, Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. No, no, not that. 
man. Anyway, regardless. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about him throwing all those INTs. No, I, I was talking about um, outside of that game, which is an anomaly where they came back. Um, getting turnovers, uh, whatever. I don't whatever know what game, game. Oh, you're talking about. about. I was talking about the Seahawks game then, right? Yes. That's what I was talking about. Where, nope, nope. Shit. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> oh, yes. No. Uh, yeah, it's the Seahawks game. That game was fairly close, but they lost it because of the fumble and the interception. You know, that that changes possession, um, which is it's huge. And so, yeah, I'm a little nervous here for the Bills. I still want them to. I want to see if the Bills or Bengals come out of. Uh, the Bills or Bengals to come out of the AFC. I just like those two teams better than Casey right now as just a fan of the sport. Oh, you don't Casey's like uh, merry-go-rounds? You don't like the fucking uh, ring around the rosy no, touchdown? No, right now. But I, I like Andy <laughs> Reid. I, I do like Andy Reid. I, I do like Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I'd rather see the Bills and Bengals win. But I am scared about the Bills. Um, that they're struggling in a lot of a lot of aspects in the game. Um, their rushing was just god awful. That their total rushing for the entire thing. Uh, where's where's that stat? I'm, I was on the player's stat. Um, uh, they had Jeff Wilson do ten carries for twenty three yards, one touchdown. Everybody yeah, else had it, one carry, two carries, five carries, two carries for eight. Five, oh no wait no that is the dolphins the dolphins. bills devin singletary had, go ahead they, they, yeah they only had 107 yards total which is awful uh just awful obviously you know we don't really have to talk about miami their rushing yards was only 42 for the entire game passing yards only 189 not good at all uh but rushing wise for an elite team that we're expecting to make the super bowl uh the with the bills rushing just over 100 yards is not going to be helpful for your team. You got it. As you just said, you have to have multiple aspects to win the Super Bowl. Your team has to be a complete team. That's why I'm still having the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I, I do. I still have them winning the Super Bowl. They have it in every nice. They have it in every aspect of the game. Um, <laughs> they're they're a full team. Yes, you're saying um, run defenses scare you because if they stop your run defense, it's hard to beat. Um, it's hard to win games when you're just a single, you know, a single offense of uh, where it's just it's just passing. Um, but you have a chance if you at least try to run and maybe break one, they're going to still watch your running game, especially if you just break one. If you just break one. Yeah. So I am worried about the Bills right now. Uh, Josh Allen just needs to protect the football. He protects the, the football. They can still have a shitty rushing uh, rushing game. I, I think they would do very well and have a very high chance of making the uh, Super Bowl as long, as long as Josh Allen stops turning over the football with his interceptions. Yeah. And well, that's also the one, uh, I guess I would say red flag or like caveat in the game we were just talking about, which is coming up, which is the Niners Cowboys. The Cowboys won yesterday without uh, Dak Prescott turning it over. The two quarterbacks who are almost always guaranteed to turn the ball over at least twice this season have been Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. So right. when Prescott doesn't turn the ball over, even when it's a, against a bad team like the Tampa Bay Bucks were last night, 
they still have a higher probability of winning, obviously, because they're not turning the ball over. They're not giving the other team opportunities. The 49ers are a team that can get pressure on you with that D-line we're talking about and force some turnovers, some errant throws, some fumbles. So that would be my caveat if you're for the 49ers-Cowboys game. That's also my caveat for when you're playing the Buffalo Bills because even in this game, Josh Allen had two INTs. There was a couple throws I'm shocked weren't picked off more. And then there was a couple hits he took where I'm shocked he like didn't fumble or held onto the ball. And I mean, this game, again, the Bills won by three playing against a third string quarterback who had a shit, shit game, right? Like he threw 18 of 45 attempts for 220 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. And again, the this is, we talk, we just talked about one-dimensional. The Dolphins had no rushing attack whatsoever and a third-string quarterback, and they still almost won this game, only lost it by three, because that Bills offense, specifically Josh Allen, turns the ball over. Like, he is just, for we've been saying it for two months at this point. He is really bad in the red zone. He's careless in the red zone, which is going to always, always, instead of giving your team a touchdown and turning the ball over in the red zone, eventually that's going to catch up to you. And against a team like the Bengals that the very brief, what, seven minutes we saw them playing against the Bengals, uh, the Bengals went right up and down the field, scored a touchdown, went right up the field and scored, I think, a field goal. And then we're driving again on this Bills offense uh, before that game ended. So we know the Bengals can move the ball in them. They have the best wide receiver, probably group in the NFL. And then, so if you're going to get in a shootout against Joey B, like besides one game this past regular season, he does not turn the ball over. Uh, We've seen almost one game this season where uh, Josh Allen hasn't turned the ball over. So if you're in a shootout, and one quarterback never turns the ball over and one turns it over a minimum two times like that. I feel like that's ball game. Uh, just, uh, and we won't dive into a casino, but just uh, going into this week's divisional games, do you, are you leaning more towards the Bengals or the bills? Uh, Bengals. I am too. And I feel like somebody's going to have to come up with a really convincing argument to give, to give the bills a shot. I mean, unless you're thinking it's going to be all emotion with Demar Hamlin, and they're going to be able to ride that blaze. So, I, I, I think it all literally just comes down to if Josh Allen can protect the football. That's it. Yeah. If and he has he, zero, if he has zero, inter, if he has zero interceptions, and Burrow has zero interceptions, I think the Bills will get it done. But I mean, even one, one turnover, and you give the ball back to Joey B. That, yeah. that can happen, and the Bengals can win by one touchdown, which we just saw that with the Ravens, even though <laughs> yeah. that was a little different, which that was one of my favorite plays of the entire weekend. Well, let's talk about a casino. We'll yeah. move over to the Bengals-Ravens. Great segue. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens fall 24-17 to in Cincinnati against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Tyler Huntley leading the charge, not Lamar Jackson. But let's talk. 
this game basically was won and the momentum basically swung on Tyler Huntley trying to do a quarterback sneak where instead of doing the tried and true Eagles, Tom Brady, every quarterback sneak you've seen is you just go straight into the line and go down. He tries to do the go over the line and jump with, while putting the ball over, which is a dumb move just any way you want to slice it. It gets knocked out of his hand, returned. I think they said it was officially returned 98 yards for a yeah. touchdown. Ends up being the touchdown that basically wins them the game, the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, we just talked about Josh Allen turning the ball over in the red zone and how much of a significant flip that is in games. I mean, this game was basically one on that. Huntley did not play a bad game. And then J.K. Dobbins afterwards said if Lamar Jackson was in the game, they win that game. And that's interesting because Lamar Jackson is like one and three in the playoffs. So it's not like yeah. he's some he's playoff beast. Yeah. Right. But and um, I thought Huntley against a top, I think it's top eight Bengals defense this regular season, like played pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. No, he he definitely showed up to play a postseason football game. Uh, credit to him. This game really was, I mean, they were right there. They were right there to take the lead, to make it uh, a 24-17 favor into the, in, for them. Yeah. You're right. Go Trying to go over, that was just a bad move. But it really wasn't, it really wasn't that bad of a move. It was just an incredible play by that lineman to pop. I think it was a lineman or was it one of the, I don't know. I've uh, seen this play a million times and uh, I don't remember any of these guys. names. Which guy it was, but he basically what he, he just punches it out and give Huntley some credit. Like he was holding on to that ball for a minute, trying to push it through. Like it was a good about three seconds, two to three seconds where they, he's holding the ball and the guy is still trying to push the ball away. And he finally fumbles it out. But uh, Sam, uh, it was nice to see the captain, uh, uh, one of the captains, Sam Hubbard, run all the way back down. Uh, <laughs> for it was the Sam fumble Hubbard, return? Right? I think I'm, I'm looking it up now of who that guy was. But, yeah, I mean, first, like, great, great, like, just a great awareness of the football and to just scoop it up and just – well, it, like, it didn't even scoop it up. It landed in his hands. Yeah. It I just, mean, that it, was. It landed. Uh, so, yeah, sub Sam Hubbard, defensive end. Uh, was he the one that punched it out? Uh, uh, no. Who was? Yeah, it was Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard was the one who, 94 on the Bengals, he was the one that returned the uh, fumble for a touchdown. Right. Okay. I couldn't remember if he was the one that punched it out or if he ran it back. Um, there's too many players on too many teams. Still trying to work that <laughs> out. We, we we better be better at that going forward. Uh, yeah, we're both we're both messed up on our video here. What's up? Oh, nice. It's probably from me pulling up that on my screen. I think we're both going to turn off video and then come back. Yeah, there we are. But yeah, so I was right. So Sam Hubbard, dude, what a wonderful, what a wonderful run for like that was so <laughs> long. He's over on the sideline getting his oxygen and everything, pulling up his arm, you know, doing his whole I'm strong man thing. Strong men don't <laughs> need that oxygen, by the way. Just suck it up. Um, but let me ask you this. On that run back, do you think that Ravens player had 
could have pulled the flag for getting blocked in the back. It was really close. Uh, because that game is happening in Cincinnati, no. If that was in Baltimore, maybe, maybe. Well, it's funny but... you say that because I feel like there was a lot of calls that didn't get called in the Tampa game, and they were at home. Eh. I just think everybody wants Dallas to win. Dallas yeah, well, I mean, for ratings, you want Dallas to win. But also, I mean, we'll talk about that game uh, last before we dive into other stuff. But Tom Brady just looked absolutely abysmal in that game. However, in this game, both Burrow and Huntley had pretty damn good games. But coming out of this game, we obviously just talked about the Bengals going to Buffalo to play the Bills. What do you think the Ravens now do with the whole Lamar Jackson situation because I mean he missed way yeah. more games than people thought he would and now there's always been speculation that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to come back until they got the playoffs uh, because of the injury and contract situation and then when it got to the playoffs he was even like I'm still out wasn't with the team on the sidelines either was at no, yeah, home. He was, I didn't like that I really yeah. didn't like that that he's just sitting at at home yes you have a bad uh you know a bad bad leg but be there be there on crutches you you see people in like full casts yeah out there you see i've seen people on those little like scooter things with the full leg cast like not yeah being, and they're still there that's like, the weird part for me of this was I mean, I, if you're I, I, still I mean, injured okay but not being there is fucking weird yeah not being there like i i'll be honest i expect um that if it works out with the Buffalo, um, oh no, that's what's happening. It is Buffalo Cincy. Yeah, yeah. I I would be shocked if Hamlin doesn't make an appearance. Yeah, uh, even shocked. if it's just like a, I I honestly people are being like, oh, he probably makes a video message, which I think he did before this game. I want to say, but uh, or no, before the Bills Dolphins game, I think he did a video message. I on I'm I, I don't, agree I don't with expect you. him to be on the sideline or anything, but maybe he's up in a you know up in a suite sitting there, you know, relaxing. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they don't want him there because it'd be too much. Honestly, this is not me being silly. Uh, too much, too much excitement for maybe his health to to go through. I mean, he, if he's watching on TV, he's probably getting crazy excited. But I mean. I think I agree with you. I think he's in a skybox. If he is at this game, the Cincinnati Buffalo game in a skybox, in a skybox over or under 357 times, they cut to him in the skybox throughout the game. How over or under 357. 57. Man, I was right there around that 350. I am going to go with the under because I think it's going to miss by like four. <laughs> i think if he is in the skybox as viewers at home it'll be the worst possible outcome for us and for him because he's gonna have to just be sitting there make sure he's not picking his nose or literally doing anything because they're going to cut to him anytime the uh, buffalo fucks up anytime cincinnati does a good thing anytime there is a lull in the game Anytime there's anything me. boring yeah. happening, literally any time during the game that they need to cut away from the game for a split second, it's the camera's going to him. So he better be, you know, uh, 
I, again, not picking your nose, not picking out a wedgie, not like smelling your armpits. He just has to sit there, not not like eating nachos in an embarrassing way. The camera is going to be on him twenty four seven. I'm I'm sorry, I'll never get that one where people are like, "Oh, don't eat wrong," and you know, you become a meme. You're freaking eating. You're freaking eating. Everybody looks horrible when they eat. Yeah. Everybody. Not you. Fucking eating. You look beautiful. You're putting. Oh you no. Look- you ever seen me put a glizzy down my mouth? Besides <laughs> yours. Uh, I mean, great way to appeal to the young demo we have by saying I glizzy. I can't believe I said the word glizzy. N- no cap. That was great, Casino. That was great. <laughs> God damn. Uh, but as far uh, last thing on this game is. As far as Lamar Jackson, do you think they franchise tag him? You think they get a contract done over the offseason? Or you think we've already seen him play his last game as a Baltimore Raven? You know what? I think since it won't cost him as much, they may try to franchise tag him. But who's to say that he'll want that? Who's to say he'll accept that? Yeah, I won't just pull a Deshaun Watson and like sit out kind of thing and like yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with how I mean long this fucking contract talk has gone on, if they do franchise tag him, I think he just is like then fucking trade me. Let me let me ask you this: Do you think so? Talking about his contract, do you think what's your take on him not having a legit agent and his agent being his mom and him? Well. I think that's probably why this is taking so fucking long. And I always think that's a dumb move. Like agents. I think it's, I think it's one of the worst moves you could do as a professional athlete is to yeah. not have an, an agent who knows, knows the laws and, and book rule books about how to be an agent. Cause I'm sure his mom is trying to Google this shit on the side. Oh not yeah. There's no way in not fuck saying she that just... she's yeah, not, not saying that she's not doing a good job or anything like that. I'm not saying that it's, She's having to learn on the fly to do this. So yeah. I think it's a horrible thing. And I think I think you're right. I think that's why it is taking for so long. And I think come this offseason, this negotiation is just going to be very highlighted in sports media because they're not – oh, my kid just up. Uh, <laughs> very highlighted in sports media because I don't think that – they're, they're going to try to put some sort of clause in any team, not just the Ravens, any team that to try to trip up his mom and, and him. Eh, I mean, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but also it always feels like an agent and a lawyer are the two things you need in a bunch Definitely. of scenarios. Everybody thinks a lawyer and agent are shit professions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. But you still fucking need them in shit like this where it's just like to make it so you don't fuck yourself over right like i went through a legal battle a couple years ago and the best thing i did was hire a lawyer who like knew what the fuck they were talking about and would just tell me like this will happen here like be ready for it when if it would have happened to me without that warning i would have been like shocked so i think with agents especially when it's getting up to like the 200 million or the Patrick Mahomes thing where it's like a half a billion dollars. Like that's a shitload of money to just put up to like chance. Like, right. I don't know, but let's, uh, no worry viewers. Um, his legal troubles were not being a mass murderer. He's fine. No, no, they've never caught me for that. 
But let's go to to the last game on Wild Card Weekend. The Dallas Cowboys win 31 to 14 in Tampa Bay against the Tampa Bay Brady Nears uh casino. This game was in my eyes one of the worst games I've ever seen Tom Brady play. Like I mean there was multiple times, obviously I'm an Eagles fan and I was rooting for Tampa Bay because at this point I was 5-0 in my picks and I was like freaking out that I could go undefeated. But I was rooting for the Bucks, and there were multiple times, especially throughout the first half, where I was like, who the fuck is Tom Brady throwing the football to? Like It was always short. It just kept being short. It kept bouncing, but then it would bounce in an area where there was nobody around the ball. And it was He's like, getting rid who of the, the fuck was he aiming to? He's getting rid of the football. So this is, Ugh. I'm glad we're now talking about this because I am sick and tired. Like, this is not me being a Patriot fan, not me being a Tom Brady guy. I am just sick and tired of people saying that he doesn't have the arm. He's washed up. There's some throws there that he made that were on point why it's because he had time to fucking throw the football <laughs> his offensive line is garbage absolutely garbage people are like some of the commentators were saying uh joe buck and either oh why didn't he you know he needs to start throwing the ball downfield he needs to get you know more chances downfield he doesn't have time to wait for a receiver to get downfield well that, and then the receivers the receivers who were downfield, like how many times did they show replays of a play where it was like, oh, Mike Evans was, so it clearly was supposed to turn left and turn right. And then he didn't turn around and look for the ball and the ball's just whizzing right past his helmet. Like, yeah, what the fuck happened se- to Mike I've been, Evans? I've been telling you all season, it's not Brady's issue. It's his offensive line this year and it's his receivers not playing well. They're, got, they're dropping footballs. They're not finishing their routes they're they're awful they're making him look horrible also not to say they don't have a rushing game their total rushing yards for the entire game was 52 yards yeah they, well they, i mean they pretty Leonard much Fournette sat, yeah they, they pretty much just sat Leonard Fournette. he had five carries for 11 yards um rashad white he had 41 yards on the seven rushing but so this is what we've talked about no quarterback should be throwing this ball this many times tom brady was 35 for 66 attempts 66 fucking times he threw the football. That's another reason why he couldn't get the football to where he wanted. It's because they're playing the coverage because they know that's all the Tampa had. That's all they had. All they had. Well, also, as Brady's Tom Brady's completions were more, he completed more passes than than Deshaun Watson or uh, Prescott. uh, Thank you. Dak Prescott uh, threw. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he, Dak Prescott had 33 attempts total and Brady made 35 completions so I am sick and tired of this narr- narrative that Tom Brady's washed up it's bullshit it's all right there <laughs> I mean we're it's all right there in front of him so yes a lot of throws were underthrown. but if you watch the replay he's falling back off of his back foot because there's a dude in his face already so yeah the ball is yeah. short He's not able to do what Tom Brady is known for. He's got one of the – I'm weird, and I watch this, and I've watched a lot of things about his quarterback coaches on getting him to turn his hips. You've seen Dak actually out there doing the whole hip turn um, in different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, different, and everybody's laughing at him. 
No, it's a thing because you got to get torqued when you want to throw the football, especially once you get older and you don't have the arm strength. You have to rely on your body. That's what Tom Brady's been really working on. Uh, the later part of his career is being able to turn the football and use his body to help get it out. And you can't throw it off of your back foot, foot like that and expect it not to be short. So I'm, I'm fucking tired of it. I'm really tired. And you were about to like say Tom Brady's horrible. He's worst game ever. <laughs> Fuck off. He still had 351 yards. <laughs> and yes, his one interception was bad because he, that was on him. He tried to throw it out of bounds. He was a little pressured, but not enough to underthrow it like that. So I'm not going to save him on that one. That was a bad, bad turnover. Um, but it wouldn't have mattered, in my opinion. I don't think that would have mattered. Well, what we both forgot when we were making our picks for this game is the Dallas defense is the best defense that's ever played football. We didn't factor that in. And what we forgot to factor in was, like you said, uh, I still think Tom Brady played a bad game, but I do agree it's not all on him because he had most, like every pass, it looked like he had point one second to fucking throw the ball. And the wide receivers, we both agree on this, have been shit all year. They look like they have no fucking chemistry with Brady you whatsoever. watched his last few games going into the postseason. All teams did is they rushed five, and they brought all of their all of their uh, outside of the one safety. They brought all of their corners, everybody within like ten yards, like within ten yards, and they stayed there because Brady only has the check down right now. That's all his offense could do because he doesn't have. They know that they don't. They're not going to. Tom Brady's not going to have the time to throw it long, so they're not worried about the long ball, and that's yeah. fucked him over those last few games. So, and you know uh, what? I'm like, ugh. Last week, we had the Willies in the the Willie Awards in the Casino Ballroom. First annual, huge hit. Everybody loved it. Yeah, NBC, Fox, ABC are asking for the rights next year. We'll talk about who we sell it to. Uh, But we did a segment, which is the Turned into a Pumpkin Award. We forgot, and by we, I mean the voters collectively, forgot to fucking put Mike Evans on that list because he is just... I, he had that one great game, right, where Tom Brady threw, like, four touchdown passes to him directly. But besides that one game, like, this is the type of season he's had where he had uh, six receptions, 74 yards, uh, no touchdowns. But how many times throughout this season has he made clearly the wrong cut or been opened and the ball just hits him in his hands and he doesn't make the catch. Like last night, it felt like was the antithesis of everything he's been this season because there was multiple times. Wow. What? That was a great word. Thank you. Uh, but there's been, there was multiple times where he was <laughs> wide open or Brady threw a fucking dime right to him. And he just like, wasn't looking at the ball like how the fuck does that happen so many times throughout a season where you just go from the year they won the super bowl they had great fucking chemistry and then two years removed from that they look like they're playing their first game together every fucking week like how the fuck does that happen exactly is mike evans just a huge giselle fan my my point (laughs) (laughs) is i don't know but yeah, and, but now we've talked about Tampa Bay. Uh, last thing on them before we dip to the Cowboys side of this, do you think this was Tom Brady's last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? 
as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, 100%. Yeah. I, I, I as agree. a Buccaneer, whether he retires or goes to another team, he's done with the Bucs. He's tired. Yeah. He, he, went, he did what he needed to do. He won a Super Bowl, you know, w- without Belichick. I don't know why he came back and signed with Tampa. Well, it's because he was still on contract with them. He really wanted them <laughs> just to drop his contract so he could go elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think we're both in agreement there. So do you think his most likely landing spot is Tennessee, the Raiders? Uh, uh, there was one more. The Raiders, the Tampa Bay. Oh, the Dolphins. Or do you think he goes back to the Patriots? He, I think the Patriots is a long shot. I don't think he wants to go to the Raiders with that complete shit show that's going on there right now because the car is not car wasn't the issue car was not the issue yes he has a he has a chemistry with mcdaniels but in the later parts of his career with mcdaniels he was changing plays on the line because mcdaniels wasn't having the best play call for that moment there's a lot of times where brady's calling uh redoing the call on the line um and you saw it a lot towards the end of their their time together where they're arguing with each other on the sideline, not just like casually they're screaming. Yeah, at no, they're each screaming other. at each other. Yeah. So, and I don't think he'll go to the Raiders because of that, whether, you know, him and uh, McDaniels, they've worked out their past, whatever. I don't think he'll go there. Uh, I think Miami is a big shot for him. Um, to was too injury prone. I think they, they might bite on that. Uh, he wants to go to somewhere where there's structure again. He's talked about it. He wants to be coached. He doesn't want to be the coach, even though he's the goat. He doesn't want to be the coach. He wants to still be coached. That's why he did yeah. so well in New England, I feel like, is because Belichick held him accountable for things. That's why a lot of people liked Brady in New England. Uh, a lot of the teammates liked Brady in New England because and respects, respect Coach Belichick. Most players, not everybody does, um, but they held – Every he held everybody accountable, and I think Brady strived off of that. So, but uh, again, I feel like this the dumb move for him would be to go to the AFC, right? Because in the AFC, you have you have Mahomes, you have uh, the Bills, you have the Bengals, you have all these powerhouses, and the NFC is still kind of wide open. But when you look at the NFC, it's like, what team would even take him? Like, I mean, the everybody thought he would go to the 49ers, but it looks like they found, you know, uh, Brock Purdy, seventh-round pick. It looks like they found who's going to be their future starter, oh, especially well, I, if they, I, With that, though, I still think they're going to give Trey Lance a shot because he got injured and they paid him. You know, they, they spent a lot. They spent a lot to get Trey Lance. Um, yeah. I think they still give him a shot when he comes back healthy, but Purdy will be the backup. Garoppolo's gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then the other NFC teams, I think Seattle, uh, the Rams, the Cardinals, they all look like they're staying with who they have, right? Especially the Cardinals, you know, firing their coach, clearly siding with Kyler Murray. The NFC North, dude, how good, even with a shit defense, uh, the Vikings with Tom Brady, I feel like he would just fucking light it up. But, but they again, love Kirk Cousins so much. I know, I know. But I don't think I don't think he would go to Minnesota. I think they're happy with 
Cousins. Uh, Lions, I don't think. Well, he wasn't the issue this year, so. Yeah. The Lions, Packers, Bears. Bears, maybe, but I don't think he'd go to the Bears. They have nothing on offense or no. defense, really. He's going to go uh, to a team that's stacked. Well, the that brings us to the NFC South. Could you see him moving within division to either, I don't think he'd go to the Falcons, but either the Panthers or Saints? I could see the Saints. I could see the Saints as well. I think that I might be a I don't, dark I don't think horse. the Panthers. I think the Saints. Yeah. Especially if they still have Sean Payton, maybe Sean Payton, instead of them trading away the rights to him to, you know, there's rumors that he's going to the Broncos. There's rumors that he wants to go to the Chargers if they fire their coach. But what if you just take a couple of years off, come back to the Saints, and now all of a sudden you have Tom Brady as your uh, quarterback? Like, I think he'd sign up for that. I really do. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on Brady. But as far as the Cowboys, uh, I have to take a piss real bad casino. So talk about the Cowboys and I'll be back in literally like a minute. Got it. So, I mean, we talked about it. Dak Prescott didn't turn over the football. He was four touchdowns, no turnovers. He went 25 for 33, 305 yards. He had a fantastic game. He even rushed a little bit, um, which he doesn't do a whole lot. But yeah, he got 24 yards off of seven carries. Um, The story of this game is really comes down to Dak was able to have possession of the football for the majority of the game. The, their possession was 34 minute, 34 and a half minutes over um, Tampa's 25 and a half minutes, which that that's 10 minutes. That That's a lot. Um, so he was able to do, and his efficiency on his third and fourth downs were phenomenal. He was over 50%. Um, he was over 50% on his third down completion, and he was perfect two and two, on his fourth down um, efficiency, which is absolutely amazing. Um, He did get sacked once, uh, but didn't play too bad. Uh, And for both teams, it was actually pretty um, small penalties. There was only five penalties total, but Dallas only took two penalties for 15 yards. The team pretty much played a perfect game. They pretty much played a perfect game. Um, And the story coming out of it is, yeah, Dak, was really protecting the football. That was a lot of people's questions, is, and especially ours. Uh, he was seven games in a row where he threw a turnover. He threw a pick uh, going into this game. And, you know, Tom Brady has, has never lost to Dallas, yada, yada. Um, Dak played arguably, arguably the best game he's had in his entire career. I think it was the best game, given the team and circumstances he was playing. Like, I do think it's the best game he's played his entire career. Yeah, he looked he looked fantastic doing it. Um, and I really am happy to see. We've talked about it. We're not big Zeke fans. He's a good player. But Tony Pollard, he got the majority of the carries with 77 yards. Uh, Zeke had 13 carries, so two less. And this is the big stat to, for me on the rushing. He had two less rushing attempts than Pollard, but he was 50 yards underneath Pollard. Um, well, and Zeke was averaging 2.1 yards a carry while Pollard was 5.1 yeah, yards he, a carry. I'm very happy that the team finally recognized Pollard's a better running back. Than oh, Zeke. and has been for almost a two years at this point. Like yeah, it's we've, felt- we've talked, we've, we've talked about this. Once Zeke got paid, he didn't really care. He got that dumb tattoo. Everybody, we, <laughs> we, we remember we talked about the correlation of his tattoo and when he started falling, falling downhill, <laughs> idiot. 
just can't stand him. I'll tell you what. I think the best compliment we can play to Dallas, pay uh, to Dallas, is two known Cowboys haters. I have nothing bad to say about the Cowboys. They legitimately, what is it, played like you said, a flawless game in a situation where not only was everyone picking against them, but they were playing against. Tom Brady, like Casino said, undefeated against the Cowboys. And then they were playing in Tampa Bay. You know, Tom Brady the past two weeks had kind of reemerged, we thought, as the Tom Brady of old, right? He had that great game for the division. And then it was like, playoff Brady is way different from regular Brady. Watch out. And then the Cowboys came out, just fucking lit him up, scored, what, 18 unanswered points going into halftime the first time the Brady had been shut out in a half in like since his rookie year or some crazy stat like that and yeah again Dak Prescott uh one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he plays with a lead when he plays when he's actually like putting it on teams I don't know if I trust him to be like the comeback uh quarterback playing against really good teams but against teams he can run up the score on like he always looks like the best quarterback in the league when they're playing with the lead and they're just pouring it up pouring it on and especially I mean the like Casino said the worry for Cowboys fans going into this game was his last let's see since November 24th at the Giants he's thrown the rest of the games before the Bucks games he threw Two INTs, one INT, two INTs, two INTs, one INT, two INTs, one INT, and then yesterday through zero. So you were almost, when you were playing the Cowboys, like we talked about the Bills, you were almost guaranteed to get at least one or two interceptions from it. Do I think he will? Do I think he's not? He's done throwing interceptions this postseason? Absolutely not. When he plays the 49ers, I think they have a real shot to win, but they're going to have to overcome, I think, still minimum two turnovers from Dak because, again, Tampa Bay's defense has been suspect all year. The only more suspect defenses in this playoffs were the Seahawks and Minnesota, and all three of those teams just got absolutely destroyed with shit defenses. There's Besides the Jaguars, who everybody thinks, myself included, is probably going to get rolled on by the Chiefs. Every other defense in this uh, league, besides uh, the Jaguars, who's left in the playoffs, is like a top 10 legit defense. And they're all good at one thing. The Cowboys are one of them. So how will they fare when they play a legit defense? I mean, we'll have to wait and see when they play the 49ers. But any last thoughts on this this game casino how confident are you uh as a cowboys hater but still respecting what the cowboys did in this game specifically how confident are you if they do play against you know the 49ers and then giants or eagles no i mean they have a good shot i mean they have a shot to to win the whole thing they really do um but when people were calling this like four four weeks ago, they're like, ah, oh, five weeks ago, oh, Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. No, they weren't showing that they could. Last night or the other night, two nights ago, or no, it was last night. Yeah, it last, was last night, night. Yeah, uh, they one hundred percent looked like they were 
the best team in the league because they played a complete game. Their entire team played a complete game. But like you said, I don't expect that to stay that way. I, I mean, if they do, credit to them. If they if they play three more perfect games, uh, yeah, it would be three. Three more perfect games and win the Super Bowl, you know, credit. Like hats like off that, to them. You can't, yeah, even as them, a Cowboy hater, we would have to. I don't to... think that they, I don't think they're going to sustain that. I don't think they can do that. No. You, they're always, they always are a hot and cold team where they annihilate bad teams and then they get crushed by good teams. So, well, also, I, I read an interesting stat, which is every quarterback left in the league is like, or left in this playoffs, uh, is 23, 24, 25. The oldest by far is Dak Prescott at 29. And of the quarterbacks left, uh, would you what? Would you rank confidence in Dak Prescott as second least? to maybe only over Daniel Jones? Because if we're just going strictly by this season, I think he's second to last in quarterback. I would want quarterbacking my team out of the last options, right? We yeah, haven't I, seen I mean, Purdy make take, a mistake. I, and I would take Lawrence's uh, fight over both both of them. Well, also with Lawrence, you we've seen the potential and we've seen coming back from turning the ball over and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, we've seen that with Dak Prescott, but not in the same way we've seen with Lawrence. And again, just going potential, like he's, I think he's only above Daniel Jones. And even Daniel Jones had one of his best games of his career, his short career. But again, it was against the 31st ranked defense that he are that his two best passing performances have been against the Minnesota Vikings. So now it comes down to can Dak carry them against, I obviously think the Eagles are going to win. So that would mean Dak would have to beat the 49ers and then the Eagles. And then who's ever playing in the Super Bowl, which we're assuming it's yeah, going to be bills Kansas city games. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't think, We've seen how hot and cold not only he can be, but that team can be. And, yeah, Tampa Bay, uh, again, we forget, especially when we were doing our picks, Tampa Bay ended the season at 8-10. and 10. They were the only team to get into the playoffs that didn't have a winning record. And I really like uh, Benjamin Solak. He used to be on uh, the Bleeding Green Eagles podcast I always listen to. Now he's with the Ringer. So I follow him on Twitter. He put out a great tweet, which he said, uh, I'm not, it's not word for word, but I'm paraphrasing. He said that everybody who was picking the Bucks were hoping they were picking it because they wanted to see Tom Brady be Tom Brady. But everybody forgot for most of the season, the Dallas Cowboys have been a pretty good team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been a pretty bad team. So... Right. Everybody well, was basing I, I mean, that game on, yeah, on, you know, things that weren't happening this season, which, I mean, I we mean, were guilty of as well. Well, I mean, we were, but we weren't because we actually brought up our thoughts on why it would be that way is Tom Brady. It's hard to go against him, period, oh, in the yeah. playoffs. Um, second thing is we thought Dak was going to turn over the ball. So, and and that's really, that's what it was. You know, so we weren't, were, were we shocked that the Cowboys won? No, we even said that if the Cowboys won, we wouldn't be completely shocked. No, no. Um, but we thought it was going to be a little closer of a game because we thought 
Grady would play a little bit better. And again, just not on him. He, I really don't think it's on him. He tried his absolute best um, with how many times he had to throw the football and being a one-dimensional offense and having no O-line. I think he did pretty damn okay. Um, yeah. Being Again, that, that was I've already gone on my little rant about that. Um, but then Dallas played a perfect game. So, again, I wasn't trying to do it just to be the guy to say, hey, I called it that Tampa, and you, same way as we agreed, Tampa, you know, we're calling it just because we think we want to be the ones to say, hey, Tampa won and Dallas lost. No, we actually had things that we thought were the reason why Tampa was going to be able to pull this off um, compared to most of the people that I heard. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about Giants-Vikings? I don't no. think we did. No. I, I thought we did. Uh, so last playoffs, sorry, I thought we were going in order, but for some reason I skipped over that. The New York Giants uh, win 31-24 to in Minnesota against the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Jones put 24 for 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. That's and then one. Minnesota. It all comes down to the turnovers. Yeah. Postseason football. Well, you know, uh, people are killing Kirk Cousins because he threw a three-yard out pass on a fourth and eight that ended the game. And rightfully so, you should kill him. But for all the <laughs> shit he gets for primetime games, he was 31 for 39, 273, two touchdowns. He played a pretty damn good game. Like, uh, But again, the Vikings, the whole season, everybody knew they weren't as good as their 13-4 and four record. We called them frauds multiple times on this podcast, and I think that's exactly what they were. Maybe if they were a wild card team, it wouldn't have felt like they were getting so much quote unquote like disrespect. But for what their record was, like I, I mean, I don't feel uh, I don't really feel like this is a shocker or anything like that. The Giants played them tough the first time they played them. Daniel Jones again. Uh, much like Prescott, had almost a perfect game. It seemed like all the Giants did was run Saquon and then just do crossing routes right in front of the Vikings linebackers, and it was a 20-yard completion every single time. Mm -hmm. the, the Vikings had by far the worst defense in the league uh, by any metric you want to do it, uh, maybe only second to Seattle in some categories, and both those teams got absolutely blown out. Uh, this game did not even feel as close as the scores indicating. I never once thought like, oh, Minnesota's going to win this game. Like it felt like the Giants literally dominated them almost in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Uh, Is it crazy far... to think that your division has three of the remaining four teams in the that's, NFC? That's crazy. That's, I mean, who would have thought that? Because for the longest time, it was always people, you know, shitting on that division as the NFC least and all that kind of stuff, which I've never understood because only division in football where every team's won a Super Bowl. But yeah, they, uh, as far as Daniel Jones, this season, he only had and it two... was And it was very close to having all four of the teams make it because, I mean. Yeah, Commanders was almost right made there. it too. Yeah. Uh, but Daniel Jones had three 300 yard games this season. Two of them were against the Vikings. One was against the Lions. So again, I think it was a perfect situation for him, but 
how far how close do you think the game will be next week against the Eagles and do you think the Giants win uh I don't think the Giants win but I think it's gonna be damn close uh I want to know I mean my kid agrees um, <laughs> but I really I really think or maybe she's disagreeing with me I don't know <laughs> Sounds like she's disagreeing. <laughs> Apparently a Giants fan, which I don't know how I raised her to be a Giants fan. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, no. No, no she's a Patriot fan. She's going <laughs> to yeah. crush my soul. <laughs> um, no, but I think uh, I think the Eagles still have the best shot to win the Super Bowl. I think they are the most well-rounded team right now. Yeah, I think – I mean, I'm obviously again, scared uh, of this but, game. But, like, the Giants always play the Eagles tough. I mean – they keep showing it time after time. They just even the last game, you know, they they played the Eagles tough. So but uh then December eleventh, the Eagles blew ooh. them out forty eight to twenty two. So uh and that was Hertz uh at his full capacity. And huh, who would have known when the Eagles run the ball, they're really good. What didn't they do the last time the Eagles and Giants played? They didn't run the ball at all. So literally, again, like I said at the beginning of this, run the fucking ball, control the clock, milk the clock, and then do RPOs, and you will easily build this Giants team. I've said all season the Eagles are built to beat this Giants team. Uh, I think they will. Again, I'm hoping for another blowout. Also, interesting thing I read is, you know, and I've even been uh, guilty of saying it on this podcast where – I always say it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. Apparently, according to NFL history, it's not. Like, most teams that... This is something fun that people like to say. Yeah, but most teams that build, uh, uh, play each other for three times during a season, the team that won the first two, when they play the third time, they have like a 75% chance of beating them a third time. So... That's just one of those stats everybody says, myself included, and there's like nothing, no numbers to back it up at all. So I do think the Eagles win, but uh, as far as next week's, which we'll talk about on next uh, episode, Thursday or Friday, we got Jaguars Chiefs on Saturday, followed by Giants Eagles Saturday night. Then Sunday afternoon, we have Bengals Bills followed by Cowboys 49ers. So it's gonna be such a good weekend of football. That's a pretty damn good slate. That's a good slate. Uh and then after that, we have the championships on Sunday at noon and 3:30, and then Super Bowl, February 12th. So we are literally uh what three pretty much three games away, or no, two games away from the Super Bowl for whatever team. But yeah, uh I watched because, as Casino said, uh, I had my two-year-old's birthday. There was football both days. I watched almost no NBA. So I'm going to do NBA next episode and kind of like yeah, deep well, dive into that. I think I, I think that's a good call. We spent a good good portion on on this. Um, yeah, I think we can – or we could just do a small segment. Yeah, we, maybe we could do a small segment in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so this has been uh, the Only Sports Podcast like and subscribe to us on youtube or wherever you get your podcast i've been will casino you got anything else before we get out of here uh, uh nope. <laughs>
thank you. Uh, thank that's you for the that. point. The wife goes, that wasn't annoying or anything. And that, that's the point. <laughs> that's the joke. Uh, casino, uh, hopefully by Thursday or Friday, you keep on your streak of not eating after midnight and you drop another 10 pounds. Well, uh, now, like we did Patriots uh, ticket watch, we should do casinos weight watch. That would be Casino's great. Weight watch just to put more pressure on me. Sounds yeah, yeah. Good. Live, live on the podcast. I'm at 198 right now. There okay, we'll see what it is uh, on Thursday or Friday, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you then. Bye.